Hello, everybody. Uh, welcome back to the Post 20 Podcast week, or not week, episode 101, part one. Matt's going to do uh, an episode himself later on tonight. So you'll have three pieces of content, individual content, to listen to today. Um, if you have been paying attention to the feed, you'll see that we, Jeremy and I, uh, uploaded a NFL show this morning. You're going to get this recap of Match Day 10 uh, by just me, Evan, and then a recap of Match Day 10 uh, by Matt. So, yeah, you guys are lucky this week. Uh, you're getting a lot of content. Uh, without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and get right into this one. Uh, just going to try and keep pace here. Uh, I'm moving slow today, guys. I'll be honest with you. I'm exhausted. A long day. Um, we're at that point in the semester where I'm just getting slaughtered with work and uh, it's it's just been really really rough and tiring uh, more than anything else. I'm just exhausted. It's it's seven oh seven right now. Uh, Matt's out at dinner, which is totally cool. Um, I just ate my dinner and and I have a group project thing that I need to to do at eight p.m. So it's like, you know, <laughs> I try to find the time to to record when I can. And sometimes you know recently especially it's been weird. Uh, you know, last week I couldn't get I couldn't link up with Jeremy because he was busy and I was busy. This week can't link up with Matt because we're both busy and you know it, it's just it is what it is. Um, but the nice thing is that we're never going to let it, it slide. You know, we're, we're never going to let the show slide and you're never not going to get anything from anybody. So that's that's the best thing, to be honest about it. Um, and that's why it's it's easy for us to get right back into it the next week when, when we all are together. Uh, I just did it with Jeremy and, you know, Matt and I have been doing it for months and, and years at this point because sometimes it just doesn't work out and you can't record together. But, um, yeah, so you're getting a solo episode. That's that. Um, and we'll get ahead, go ahead, get into match day 10. First game of the week, Arsenal took on Leicester City. This game was at the King Power Stadium, so an away game for Arsenal. Arsenal emerged victorious. They won 2-0. Gabriel glanced ahead in the fifth minute of a fantastic corner kick. Emil Smith-Rowe jumped on a loose ball in the box, fired home for the second goal. And to be honest with you, it was the Arsenal show for the first half. Um, they looked absolutely fantastic. They opened up wide. They were scrappy. They were strong in midfield. Uh, they they got condensed, you know, after that second goal because I could tell Mikel didn't want everything going forward. He wanted to close things down, slow play down a little bit. But Lester did jump on them after that. Uh, Ramsdale had an absolutely sensational game. I mean, he was stunning. Managed to get the clean sheet. The rest of the guys played okay. Uh, like I said, Gabriel had a goal. Ben White's back from injury. He looks okay. Tomiyasu and Tavares, I think, is great going forward. So, altogether, I like the way that the back line's playing. To get a result 2-0 against Leicester, especially considering how Arsenal started this season, I would say is very impressive. Uh, this rose them up towards 10th in the table, I think. I think Arsenal currently sits 6th, which is actually insane. Uh, I would have never imagined that we'd see Arsenal in sixth place at probably any point in this season, if you asked me just a couple weeks ago. So it's amazing to see them there. Tottenham on the down, Everton on the down, City on the down, Brentford haven't been getting the results that they've needed. So yeah, Arsenal back up towards that that top half of the table. Can't believe they're in sixth place, unbeaten in seven now. And I'm hoping we can maintain some of that momentum moving forward. So 
Uh, key points really were, were keep your eye out for Ramsdale. He's been fantastic. Could be the next England number one, to be honest. He's got that sort of quality. If he keeps this up, he could certainly be challenging Pickford for number one. Um, and Nuno Tavares was good, and Smith Rowe continues to be extremely impressive. He's our little Mason Mount, except he's not as good. Okay, Watford nil, Southampton one. Ralph Hasenhuttle's boys edge Watford at the Vicarage Road Stadium. Jay Adams scored in the 20th to bring <clears throat> Southampton ahead, and they managed to maintain that lead the entire way through. Southampton dominated possession. I didn't watch a ton of this game. I got to see a little bit. They looked okay. They looked more solid at the back in this one. Uh, it did line up with Walker Peters, Alisu, Bednarik, and Livermento. So, Livermento, again, uh, looked pretty good. It was nice to see Che Adams get on the board here. Uh, and, and it's good to see Southampton getting a result, although it is unfortunate to see Claudio Ranieri, um, one of my, my favorite managers to watch, especially when he was at Leicester. Uh, it's unfortunate to see him lose this one in such a, a kind of a poor fashion. I just don't think Watford are going to give you the same solid performance every week, you know. Um, Sar has not been great. Sissoko has been okay. Josh King, he's not going to give you three goals every week like he did last week against Everton. So it's just about channeling and finding the consistency. And I think at some point Watford probably will. Uh, Claudio Ranieri is too good of a manager to let them just wallow. And I think that things will be figured out. I just think it's going to take time. So we'll move on to Liverpool 2, Brighton 2. Jordan Henderson and Sadio Mane opened the scoring on 4th and 24th minute. Respectfully, Enoch Mwepu wouldn't go down without a fight. He got one in in the 41st, and then Trossard leveled in the 65th. Now, this game, what I took away from it was the fact that Brighton fight. Um... They are very, very scrappy. And I don't mean scrappy in the sense that they play dirty or anything like that. Um, they have been known to do that as well. But Graham Potter has these guys playing in a way where they're never going to say die. Um, they just don't want to quit at any point. And it's an extremely rare thing to see. You do see it more with these lower... Um, I don't want to say lower quality, but you know, they're not in that upper echelon, upper crust of clubs in the Prem, right? The top six, the classic top six that you think about. Brighton aren't there, and you see a fighting spirit a lot in, in some of those clubs, but I think Brighton have really, really, really figured out how Graham wants them to play. He's he's one of the better English managers in the league. I think what he's done at, at Brighton has been fantastic. He deserves a lot of credit. And I think continually, uh, Brighton just look very solid. And this was one of those games. They, they go down 2-0 to Liverpool. And, you know, this game was at Anfield. And they fight back and score two goals. And, and Liverpool don't answer. They share the points. And Liverpool... Um, don't get those precious points to go ahead of Chelsea, which I'm sure they were desperately looking for. Chelsea do get the points. So instead of being tied with Chelsea now, Liverpool are three points behind. And while I don't think Liverpool looked awful, I think that if you have the quality that Liverpool do, which is an immense quality, you have the best player in the world currently, you need to be beating Brighton, whether they fight, whether they, you know, 
whether these guys go out there and die on the pitch, you still have to win because ultimately your quality um, is is so much better than than Brighton. They just can't afford to have the best players in the world. And Brighton, we have to give credit where where credit is due to Brighton and Graham Potter. Uh, they played a fantastic game, but it's not that it's uh, an immensely tactical game, right? It's more of of heart and fight. Uh, and I don't think that that wins you a championship. I think you need to have both of those things to win, uh, you know, overall. But I think that Brighton are a team that are certainly going to have people knocking on the door for players. Uh, and I think that if they get some players in themselves, that they could they could do one of those Leicester-ish things. You truly never know. It's not going to happen this season, but... They do look poised to to really continue uh, on this track that they're on, and it's good to see. Uh, Newcastle nil, Chelsea three. This game at St. James Park had Chelsea showing up to absolutely batter the piff-led Newcastle United, who cannot get it figured out. I heard uh, a joke the other day that said, Newcastle might be the richest championship club of all time, which is probably true. At this point, it looks like they will be going down. Like I said, they can't get things figured out. Chelsea battered them in this one. 19 shots, 6 on target, 80% of the possession. And Newcastle were just absolutely gassed, chasing after the ball. They could never, ever, ever, when they did get the ball in that 20% of time, they couldn't get things done because they were so fucking tired and exhausted and gassed. And that's what happens. Reese James had two in this game. You know, he's he's a right back, or he's a right wing back, right back, however you want to say it, fullback. Uh, he's been absolutely stunning. Jorginho had a nice uh, penalty in this one. Of course, that's how he scores. Um, but Reese James left and right footed. The guy's a stud. Uh, he's been absolutely fantastic. A goal in the 65th, a goal in the 77th, and then the penalty in the 81st. But uh, Reese James is just rapid. He's all over the pitch. He can assist. He can score. He can defend. He reminds me of TAA, except he's better. Um, I know that might be a bold take, but I think truly Reese James is a more complete player, and I think he can play in more positions. Chelsea looked like the team to beat this season. Uh, I know I know that they won the Champions League last season. Unfortunately, didn't win the league. Um, but they do truly look like the team to beat. Havertz played up top as the kind of striker here, makeshift striker. We're still missing Romelu Lukaku. We're still missing Christian Pulisic, although he should be back next week. Um, and we're still missing Timo Werner. So Havertz has had to pick up and, and play a different role. But I don't even think it matters that Chelsea don't have strikers. Uh, they they play so well in the midfield, and I love the way that they lined up here. Like a big Y in the center of the pitch and the two dots on the outside and then that one striker up top. It just gives Havertz so much creative room. It's kind of drop back, plays that center forward cam roll, and then go forward when Hudson Odoi and, and Ziek can, can file in behind him. So interesting way to line up. Uh Thomas Tuchel, we have to say, absolutely fantastic manager, of course, continually impressing, and uh his defensive strategies, of course, are just fantastic. So we'll move on. Uh, Manchester City nil. This is the shock of the week. Crystal Palace 2. Wilfred Zaha opened the scoring in the 6th minute. And Chelsea Loney, Connor Gallagher got on the score sheet in the 88th to seal a loss for Manchester City, who just couldn't get it done this day. The problem was defense more than anything. Of course, um, City had to line up strangely again. No true striker. Foden in the center. 
Gabriel Jesus on the right, Jack Grealish on the left. Just bizarre. Um, Amaric Laporte got himself a red card. He was in rare form in this game. Uh, probably sh- could have been booked twice, but was ultimately just booked that one straight red once. But the, like I said, the, the story of this loss was the defense. Oftentimes, because of Wilfred Zaha's ability to get loose and essentially do whatever he would like to do on the pitch in terms of movement, um, he will be doubled or tripled or man-marked by an extremely talented defender. And he wasn't doubled or tripled or man-marked here. They let him get away, and, and when he scored in the sixth minute, things turned poor. They turned really, really bad. Um, City City were the ones to control possession, but they couldn't turn things over when they needed to. Uh, they couldn't get their chances to fall. They passed the ball relatively well, um, but Palace were just clinical when they held the ball. And really, the to come in in the 88th um, and, and, and have a goal from Conor Gallagher was just just unbelievable. I mean, we haven't seen a lot of the kid in recent weeks, but this is a great goal. This is one of those goals that you remember for the rest of your life. And knocking off Manchester City at this point in the season uh, was very, very impressive. And finally, we're starting to see Palace get some of these results. They are currently in 13th place on 12 points. Um, and we have to remember that the the number from 5th to or not the number the number of points in fifth place is 17 the number of points in you know even 11th 12th we're at 12 and 14 points here we're we're, we're a swing we're a one game swing uh away from from total complete different standings and things are just so young at this point in the season still uh i think that we could see palace continue to string results along and i'd be curious to see where they end up at the end of the season Okay, Burnley 3, Brentford 1. This was another surprise. I thought Brentford would come out on top here. I picked them. I was almost certain that they'd come out on top, and they didn't. Chris Wood opened the scoring in the 4th, Loughton in the 32nd. Maxwell Cornet, new boy, 36th. He's got 4 and 4. Saman Gatos added 1 in the 79th to pull it back, but boy... It just wasn't enough. Brentford were the ones to control possession here. They did have a relatively decent amount of shots and shots on target, but they just couldn't score. And it's kind of rare, I think, for for Brentford to be the one on the back foot. Burnley just came out firing, and you don't ever see that. Chris Wood, uh, Loughton, and Cornet, He's he's amazing. He's a stud. He's got a four and four. He's been fantastic. Good business from Burnley. I think that's the club record of signing. So, uh, yeah, a great result for Burnley. I don't have a ton to say about it. I watched the goals. I watched highlights, but uh, I didn't watch the whole game. Um, from what I heard, Burnley really were the ones that were in the driver's seat the entire time. And now folks are maybe a little bit worried about Brentford, but I think uh, I think Brentford will just level off. Oh, excuse me, I told you guys I was tired. I think Brentford will just level off a little bit and, and come back down to earth, but I don't think we have anything seriously um, awful to con- to be concerned with. I think that they'll probably just finish around that 11th, 12th spot where maybe we would expect a, a Leeds to have finished this season. Uh, next result, Tottenham nil, Manchester United 3. This was Nuno Espirito Santo's last game in charge. He is gone. 
He was sacked. Antonio Conte is now in New Conciliari. Um, Antonio Conte, we have some Italian class in at the manager role now. So that's fantastic. I'll be very curious to see how Tottenham respond to that. I don't necessarily think a strict, hard, tough manager is what the guys at Tottenham need. However, we shall see. Um, maybe that's what they need. Maybe it'll fix them up. I don't think that's how Poch was. I think that's how Mourinho was, and I think Mourinho's stint at Spurs was notoriously awful. Um, but yeah, to this game, United 3-0. They won. Ollie's safe. His job is safe. Ronaldo opened the scoring in the 39th. Cavani added one in the 64th, and Marcus Rashford got one for himself in the 86th. United were all over this game. Uh, they looked great. They lined up a little bit differently. They tried something new with three in the back. Juan Basaka and Luke Shaw playing a little bit more forward. Fred McTominay and Fernandez in the midfield. Um, Fred McTominay sucked again, of course. Uh, but Fernandez looked good. Veron looked good in this game. Um, he's going to be that steady one in the center that you can always rely on. And then having Maguire. Oh, I'm sorry, guys. Having Maguire and Lindelof out on the sides um, kind of lessens the their ability to fuck it up royally. Um, so it's good to see that Juan Masaka and Shaw are getting forward a little bit, and they're going to be able to come back and cover when they need to, but not necessarily sit back there in that flat five or flat four. Uh, I think that's good for United. I think that Ollie's figuring things out, um, but I don't think that his job is going to be safe for all that much longer. Uh, they will go back to what they were doing before, dropping points, fucking up results. It's coming, trust me. But for, for this day, this week, uh, Ali's job is safe. Let me get some water, guys. Uh, and then we'll talk about Norwich City and Leeds. All right, so Norwich City. These guys fucking suck. Uh, Leeds open the scoring in the 56th behind young Brazilian Rafinha. Andrew Omabemedele scored in the 58th to draw things level. And then Rodrigo scored in the 60th. So all these goals were in the span of four minutes, of course, because these defenses are shambolic. Norwich looked better. That's what I'm going to say first. They looked better in this game. And it's because Leeds gave them space. They uh, pretty much... The, both teams shared the ball, 47 and 53, 53 in Leeds, possession, or Leeds favor. Um, Norwich passed the ball a little bit better, 70% pass accuracy, not as many fouls, didn't look as frustrated, looked like they had more of a game plan. Tim Krul didn't look great in this game. He's due for a howler every once in a while, and that was the case in this game. But the story again is that Norwich aren't getting enough goals from their strikers. Uh, they're not getting enough goals from anybody, but especially their strikers. So they 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 couldn't come out on top here. Um, Leeds have more firepower, more tried and true and proven firepower, and that's why they were able to to come out and and win. But it's really frustrating more than anything. It is just frustrating to watch Norwich play. It's frustrating to watch Leeds play, and watching both teams together play. I mean, wow, what a fucking shit fest. Uh, Matt was right here. He took leads. He thought they'd win. I thought that Norwich could pull it out. Now, I'm kind of off Norwich again. I don't think they're going to pull it out for probably any game this season. I think that they could potentially go winless. Um, and I know that's really hard to do, but 
If somebody's going to do it, this Norwich side could be the team to do it. Aston Villa 1, West Ham 4. West Ham continue their dominant role over all of these smaller uh, and bigger uh, Premier League clubs. Ben Johnson opened the scoring in the 7th. Rice in the 38th. Uh, Ali Watkins got one back and drew them level in the 34th first before Rice scored. Ornell's in the 80th and Jared Bowen in the 84th. Uh, Ezra Conson got himself a red card in this game as well. So that was unfortunate. He's going to be out for a couple games now while he serves his Premier League red card ban. Uh, West Ham looked great in this game. Again, um, this was this is just a, a masterclass by every single player on that pitch. Like I say, their chemistry is fantastic. I always say this. It's the same side playing in pretty much every game. Antonio Fornals, Benrama, Bowen, Rice, Suchek. Then that same back line of Cresswell, Ogbonna, Zuma, and Ben Johnson. It's the same thing, man. Every single game. Um, and their chemistry is unbelievable. I think they love their coach. I think Moise is is really, really fitting in there. And it's great to see because I think that he's a great guy. I think that he was always a great guy. I think he always had an immense quality as a manager. But things didn't always work out for him. And he got some really unlucky breaks. There's, you know, when I was younger, I, I remember being in eighth grade when Moise got sacked from United. And it seemed like the end of the world. It seemed like the end of his career. So it was it was really interesting to see. Um, great to see that he's back on top, and I just absolutely love it uh, that West Ham are good because they're a harmless team, in my opinion. They, you can't. I, I don't ever want to root against West Ham. I know they're another London club, but it's just not that big of a deal to me. Uh, when they had uh, Dimitri Payet, who was such an absolute fucking bastard. I mean, what a piece of shit he was. Um, it was frustrating to watch West Ham succeed, but now that he's gone and, and it's younger guys, for now, as you, as you guys know, I really like him. I talked a lot about him last season, and then Suchek and Rice, what a defensive midfield pairing. These guys are studs. And Mikel Antonio, he's older um, now, but he's been absolutely fantastic, stunning in this game. Nothing for him in this game, uh, goal-wise, but a great performance nonetheless. All right, next game, Wolves-Everton. Wolves finish this one ahead. This one finished 2-1. Max Kilman and Raul Jimenez were the scorers. One in the 28th, Max Kilman and Raul Jimenez in the 32nd. Alex Iwobi struck in the 66th to get things back, but ultimately it was too late. Everton came out flat in this game. Wolves came out firing. They looked good. Um, Everton really played a, a relatively solid second half. They changed things up, brought Delph on, um, and, and pressed a little bit more, but they came out too flat. And once they let that second goal in by Jimenez, they looked absolutely sullen. Uh, they were never going to get their way back into this game. They were never going to score, score two goals. And I want to let you guys know right now in the entire history of Everton football club in the premier league, if they have gone down two nil, they have never, ever ever won a game. Fantastic. Interesting stat. They've never been able to do it. So I knew that as soon as they went down 2-0, there was not a single chance they'd be coming back. Um, I think, to be honest with you, getting a goal from the position that they were in was impressive in itself. But an unfortunate game for Everton. They continue their slide. Currently, they sit in 10th place on 14th. 14 points. Okay. That is your recap. We're at about 24 minutes. I am going to rip through match day 11, give you my picks for that 
Um, and then after this, you know, Matt and I next week, we're going to go ahead and, and give you a recap. But there's not going to be any picks. We're going to have a week off in terms of picks because we um, have international break, which I'm actually excited for. Uh, there's a couple of international games that I'm excited to watch, and it's always good to see the U.S. get involved. I, I like watching those boys. They've been better in recent weeks or years. Not years, months. We'll say months. Um, okay, so Southampton take on Aston Villa on Friday, November 5th, just two days from now. Aston Villa are in dire need of a win. Currently, Southampton sit in 14th place on 11 points, just a spot and a point above Aston Villa. So I'm going to go ahead and take Villa because I think they need it more. I think that they have more quality, um, and I think that ultimately they're going to come out on top in this game. But to be honest, I wouldn't be surprised if it goes the other way or if it ends in a draw. These are two low-scoring teams currently. Um, but I'm going to go with Villa. I think that's that's where my money is. Uh, and you'll have to apologize because I'm writing these down as I go so that I can send them to Matt. We have Manchester United taking on Manchester City in the Manchester Derby on Saturday, November 6th at 8.30 a.m. This is an early one. I thought it'd be prime time, but I'm all over Manchester City. There is no way, like I said, Ollie keeps his job for the rest of this season. I know this is an extremely important result for the uh, oh, for the uh, outcome of his career. So I'm going to go ahead and take Manchester City because I think that ultimately he is going to be out very soon. Chelsea Burnley's next. I'm taking uh, taking Chelsea. No way Burnley can get three or four goals again this week like they did last week. Uh, Chelsea are just too solid at the back, and they're certainly too solid going forward. I'll be curious to see what sort of lineup Chelsea have going here um, because I think that we could see some returns uh, from injury, but I don't really even care, to be honest. Uh, I'm taking Chelsea. Next, we have Crystal Palace and Wolves. I'm taking Palace. i like them to continue their run of form. I don't think Wolves are that good, to be honest, and there's no way that they string um, more than two or three wins in a row together. Um, So I could see a draw, but I'm going to take Palace. Brentford and Norwich City, this is where Brentford get back on track. I swear if Norwich win this week, I'm going to go absolutely insane. Uh, I will be ranting next week if they win. So I'm going to take Brentford. I think they win straight up. Brighton, Newcastle, I like Brighton to win this one. Because Newcastle is an absolute disaster. Um, They're led by the PIF. They don't necessarily know who their new manager is going to be yet. They did ask Unai Emery, ex-Arsenal manager, current manager of Villarreal, who just won the Europa League, uh, to come in. And he said no, because he doesn't see a long-term vision uh, for success at the club currently. So he turned Newcastle down. He's going to stay at Villarreal. I don't know what kind of manager that leaves them to bring in, to be honest with you, and we'll have to see. Uh, but I don't think that we're going to be seeing anybody sensational in there soon. So I think there's a lot of turmoil going on at Newcastle right now, and I'm going to take Brighton to win. Everton Tottenham up next. Antonio Conte's new mob look to take on Everton. I am taking Tottenham. Uh, Everton are sliding right now. I like them to continue that slide. I know I haven't picked a draw yet. Um, I don't know why, but 
I'm taking it. I take I'm taking Tottenham. I think that they batter Everton here. Uh Conte's gonna come in. He's gonna know exactly what he wants from his players. And you're gonna see a really good week from Harry Kane here. I think he's gonna score and maybe even get an assist as well. So I'm taking Tottenham. Up next, we have Leeds United ticking on Leicester City. This is another cut and dry one for me. Leicester going to bounce back after a disappointing win against an Arsenal side that they're probably better than if we consider uh, all the things. And I think that they win this one. I think that they demolish Leeds. Uh, Leeds coming off a win just 2-1 against Norwich City. I mean, come on, get it together, Leeds. I'm taking Leicester. I think they win this one in convincing fashion, probably 2-3-0. Alrighty, second to last game of the week: Arsenal versus Watford. Um, this is the kind of game that Arsenal lose or draw, but I'm gonna go against what I feel and take Arsenal straight up to win. I think that they do win this game. Uh, I like the way that they're playing. I like the way that Mikel is coaching. Shockingly, uh, and I think that they continue their little run of form here. So. I'm going to take Arsenal, and I think that it's a it's a good win. Uh, that's what I'm going to tell myself. It's a good win. We need the three points. It would really help, especially if West Ham or Liverpool drop points. And that takes us to the next game, the final game, uh, the 11:30 game on Sunday, West Ham versus Liverpool. A top half of the table, top four clash between West Ham United, who sit in fourth place on 20 points, and Liverpool Football Club, who sit in second place on 22 points. Whoever wins this game will be moving probably up to second or third place, um, or staying in second or third place, depending on if it's Liverpool or West Ham who win. Uh, If West Ham win this game, I mean, it's going to be absolutely huge for them. They're going to slide up even further up that table. And Liverpool need to secure their current spot in the table. So this game is is for a lot of a lot of dollars. It's for a lot of spoils, and I really like West Ham's chances of contending in this one. Um, I know some people are already talking about the fact that West Ham are going to get blown out. I don't see it happening like that. I think they have too much grit, too much steel, much talent in that midfield, and especially midfield, but but really the entire team. So. I'm going to take a draw. I think this game ends 1-1 or 2-2. And I can certainly see West Ham winning. I don't think Liverpool are winning this game. Something is telling me they're not. I think that there's another draw in the books for them before they get back to winning ways. And I think this is the one that ends in a serious draw this week. I don't like a lot of draws this week. I think the the matchups are pretty one-sided. And I just I have a bad feeling. so Or a good feeling, rather. So I'm going to take West Ham and Liverpool to draw. And that's actually all I have for you guys. Um, Thank you for listening to the Match Day 10 uh, recap and Match Day 11 preview. I'm sure Matt's going to have a little bit more to say about some of these games. I know there's a lot that he wants to talk about. Um, And that's totally cool. Uh, You got a rapid fire episode for me in which I talked fast and yawned and drank water in the middle. Um, so not necessarily my best work or my most professional work, but listen, I give you a fantastic show in the morning, all right? This is right now, this, this is after hours. This was Evan after hours. That's what you got this week. Um, so I, I appreciate you guys listening. Thanks for, thanks for tuning in. Uh, as always, to episode 101, part one. Um, and I hope that you enjoy Matt's portion of the show. Make sure you guys check us out on Spotify, Apple Music, 
SoundCloud, uh, and also, or Apple Podcasts. I always get it wrong. And check us out on social media, at Twitter and Instagram, at Post20Pod. We post all of our picks, do some live commentary and stuff like that. Uh, live tweeting, rather, on, on games and, and things like that when they're going on. So I appreciate you guys listening. Of course, thank you so very much. You've got a short one here, about 32 minutes. Uh, and I'll see you all next week, all right? Make sure you listen to the NFL. Make sure you listen to Matt's, more importantly. And, uh, and I'll catch you all next week, all right? Take care.